This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Breeze, end zone, he hit 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers Interview. It's uh, great to have a timely guest, uh, Robbie Gold. He's the 49ers kicker, longtime Bears, in fact, the all-time uh, Bears uh, scoring leader. And uh, Robbie is with us coming off of uh, a last-second dramatic kick to keep the 49ers the defending NFC champion playoff hopes alive that win in Los Angeles at, at the buzzer from 42 yards away. Robbie, that's not, a, that's not an easy kick, is it? I guess so. Are those ever easy? Well, I guess I would thank Jalen Ramsey for making it a little bit easier by going off sides. Um, but, you know, those are kicks that as a uh, kicker you look forward to uh, because, you know, I missed the 50-yarder right before half. Um, I was a little disappointed in and I knew that usually games against uh, L.A., especially in our conference um, and in our division, uh, games are coming down to three points or less. So. Uh, we have the mo- most competitive division in football right now, and you know every point matters, and uh, those are kicks that you have to make. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think we, it's your 18th career game-winning kick in the regular season, but you, you had a boot last year. Of course, it's the fourth straight win for the 49ers head-to-head with the Rams, but you had another big kick last year. I mean, sometimes there is time expires. Sometimes they're in the final seconds, but as you said, when you need to make them, uh, you make them. So obviously the Rams don't like to say, don't like to see you trotting out there, do they? Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I've had my fair share of makes, especially at the end, but I know I've had a couple misses that uh, I'd like to have back, especially over 50 yards. I think I missed a 55 yarder in the first game uh, against them at their place. And we got our snapper back and kind of went on a run. I think we made 16 of 17 to finish the season. And then uh, this year, it's, it's been a lot of fun being able to go out there and, and compete, especially given how many injuries we've had and the things we've had to overcome as a team. Uh, and to be able to win against a really good opponent um, and a great coach and Sean McVay and keep our playoff hopes alive is something that uh, gives us a lot of energy um, getting ready to head into this last five-game stretch. Yeah, and we'll By come the back. way, it was yes. a heck of a game. I, I believe you yeah. called the game winner, by the way. Yes, I I, I did. Uh, it was an it was an honor to call the game, uh, Ram Forty Niners. And I, you know, uh, I at first you had hit. You're right, the one before the half, and then you had another another kick in the second half. Because you know, the Ram defense is so good in the in the second half. Your your defense, Forty Nine er defense, scores a touchdown. So I'm thinking maybe we get overtime from Forty Seven. No offense to you, but I always I always root <laughs> for close. None yeah, and, and then and it was uh, you know you never know how to call those, and then when Ramsey jumped, I'm like, oh, this is you're 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 from money. I mean, money inside the fifty, uh, and and I know you. I think your career long is a fifty eight yarder, right, or fifty two. So I, you never yeah. know how to call those. And normally, uh, you know, if you're it's just a home game, Robin, your crowd is there. You let the crowd tell you. You know, it goes through and the emotion. But here in an empty stadium, and you're the visiting team. Uh, I just was like, hey, it's up there. It's out, you know, and boom, it went through. It really was a no-doubter, by the way. You made it easy. Yeah, well, it was a heck of a call, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, well, thanks. Let me ask you a little bit about distance because you've been at this a while and still the Bears, believe me, Chicago misses you uh, badly. The 49ers are glad they have you. Does, you know, and you've been around some of the great kickers and we've seen it, whether it's Gaskowski and then a Terry. The the uh, as you as you were in the league longer, let's just put it that way. The distance, and I noticed you said we, so you have to have a good snapper and holder. I I get all that, 
but for your leg strength. And, I, and I've been out of practice when we're allowed to do that and hung out with you a little bit as you wait on the side uh, and try to do the things to keep your leg loose and, and healthy. Uh, but what, what happens there in terms of leg strength and, and distance for, for making kicks? Well, when I was young in the league, um, I always worked out with the offensive linemen uh, just to try to keep leg strength. And uh, I figured if those guys are the quintessential guys that need to keep it throughout the season, I should learn a lot from them. And I'll never forget Olin Krutz and Pat Manley, Roberto Garza, uh, Ruben Brown, some of those guys that are going to be Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, they told me that the older you get, the harder it becomes and the harder you have to work. So, you know, you spend more time uh, weightlifting, stretching, uh, recovery protocols like cold tub and hot tub therapies, uh, Normatex, Theraguns, um, you know, to massage therapy, acupuncture. So, you know, it's it's kind of unique. This is an organization at the 49ers that when I got here, they started implementing a, a, a lot more re regen uh, opportunities for the players to keep them healthy and, and obviously uh, invest in their bodies. Um, and I think they're at the forefront of that. I know Green Bay had started a lot of this back uh, probably six, seven, eight years ago. Um, but the 49ers have really stepped up over the last four years to give us those opportunities, which is really nice. And then, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to, uh, you know, I am turning 38 in I think five days. And, you know, naturally you're going to lose a little bit here and there uh, distance wise. But um, I think, you know, I've never really had the largest of legs, uh, but it was always, hey, if you're going to stay in the league and, and make a career of this, it, you have to be accurate and you have to have the mentality that you're going to make every kick. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of great holders, snappers, offense and defensive and tight ends and guys that just have done unbelievable in blocking um, to allow my career to kind of be the way it is, especially um, I've had some of the best special teams coaches in the league as well. So, you know, I think you can look at it a lot of different ways. Yeah, I'm 38. I'm definitely not, you know, the Jason Sanders who I have a lot of respect for who's in his third year in the league or some of the younger guys. But, you know, at the end of the day, you are who you are, right? And you got to make the best of it. And um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, climbing the ranks in the National Football League, whether it be in the scoring list or the field goal made list. Um, you know, those are things that, you know, I'm trying to reminisce and enjoy as, as this season uh, comes down the stretch. Yeah, you're, I think you're 16th now on the NFL's all-time scoring list or in that, in, in that group. And is your career long in the NFL 58? Do I have that correct? I think this yeah. year it's 52, right? So, yeah. So what, yeah, and I, I know the range, it's different when you're outside at a place like Chicago, right, versus a, you know, a facility like, uh, uh, like where the Rams, the, the, the new sci-fi stadium. Fans, when they watch uh, and, and they see the opposing team use it, the Rams, I, I don't think had a timeout to ice you, but we, we ice the kicker, right? They try to do that. Uh, what, what is it, does, does that matter to you at all? Uh, not really. I think every coach has uh, their theories on what that may look like at the end of the games. You know, I'll never forget uh, something, you know, as, and as an older player, you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to get a feel for um, you know, different situations that come up. And I remember Doug Peterson uh, calling the timeout um, back in Chicago. And I heard his press conference and he was talking about how like they did some research and had him in the building and uh, they called the timeout because they knew that they had missed more after the timeout than they had made. So, um, you know, we as an organization are always looking for small little details on how to win 
games and, you know, what the kickers are doing. We all do reports on, you know, the opposing players that we're going against. And I think it's a lot to learn about not only the game of football, because you watch a lot of games, but you also are putting yourself in situations mentally that are creating these situations like we had where a guy jumps off sides and, you know, it's like a timeout being called and you're standing on the field for 30 seconds. So, uh, you know, we've practiced pretty much every single situation uh, that you could possibly think of so that when you get to the game, the games are a lot easier, regardless of what the coach's decision is of calling a timeout or not. Yeah, so it's really a, it's a psychological game, all right? I, I would think, Robbie, it would depend on on the mentality of a kicker. Uh, you know, does he have more time to think about it? I mean, if you're used to this and we just gave your clutch clutch kick numbers for you, hey, it's just another, you know, another chance to catch your breath. You've been over there waiting anyway on the sideline, right? Yeah, you know, everybody has a different routine. Um, and obviously, when you're in pregame warm-up, our coaches and players are watching what they're doing and how that's going to affect the game plan or what kick they like the most or are they struggling going left or, or right, depending on the field um, and wind directions and things like that. But, you know, I think there's so many factors that go into that call um, that, you know, at the end of the game, you're trying to make that as – the drive is going on and the distance and, you know, how long this, if it's a long drive. You'll see some coaches want the timeout just to give their defense a chance, you know, to rest and, and have a great opportunity to push the offensive linebacker, you know, get their hands up and create some penetration. So, you know, football isn't just a game of like go out there and kill each other and somebody <laughs> tackles somebody, somebody runs it, somebody catches it. Right. It's, there's so many nuances of the game that you get from a Kyle Shanahan to a Sean McVay um, to special teams nuances. And I think, uh, you know, it helps being in the year year 16 uh, to have gone through most of those situations. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. With Together Mode, you can bring everyone together in one space in the same virtual room. You can bring the power of true collaboration to your projects with whiteboard, drawing, sharing, and building ideas in real time, all on the same page. And with large gallery view, you can see more of your team all at once with up to 49 people on screen all at the same time. You can even raise your hand virtually so everyone can be seen and heard. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Yeah, what goes through your mind? You have a routine, but mentally when you're lining up for that game-winning kick and, you know, it's all on you, as in that case with uh, the, the Rams more, most recently, and there have been other situations as well. Do you have, is it, a, is it what we're seeing? Hey, I know I got to make it. I just follow my mechanics. Is there something else you, you do mentally? No, I think a lot of it comes down to just like you said, the mental edge, right? I think growing up as a kid, I always, you know, it was Michael Jordan in the, in the driveway shooting hoops. And, you know, Michael Jordan's my favorite athlete of all time. And, you know, I've watched the 30 for 30s on the Bulls and, you know, see what he's done as a leader or what he's done as an athlete. And, you know, you know, he's definitely a guy I tried to pick up nuances of whether it be leadership or his mental preparation for the final shot. Because, you know, you go back and look at his career and sure, he's definitely missed some. I've missed some. Yes. But at the end of the day, like that's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And um especially for my generation, you know, growing up watching him play basketball. So, 
you know, I've read books. Um, I've read Phil Jackson's books and on mental preparation. And I think it goes into the confidence you have that you've had in practice to the game and, and trusting the guys around you uh, that have done a great job for you all year and knowing that you're going to make it. Yep. And, it, and it's worked for you. Do, you. do you agree, though, and I always hear coaches, even Kyle Shanahan kind of admitted one time we were talking about, well, I let the kickers do their thing and I'm worried about other stuff. Yeah, it's a team game. But generally, kickers just they're, they're kind of uh, thought of secondhand until they need you, until you're on the line or until you miss one in a clutch situation. Right. I mean, it, that, that's the sense. At least I get over the over the years here in the NFL. Yeah. You know, I think it's tough. I think, you know. Um, when you look at the special teams in general, right, a lot of those same techniques from uh, the special teams units carry over into each one of their positions. So a lot of those traits that they have are, are, are easy to communicate from a head coach's perspective because they understand football. Um, I think Kyle has done a, an amazing job of starting to understand the nuances of special teams and how that affects the game. And I think uh, a lot of it just comes down to his ability to always want to learn um, how to better put his team in situations uh, as well as, you know, preparing them to win. So, um, you know, Kyle has been awesome with the specialists, you know, he's grinding away as a head coach, as an offensive play caller, you know, trying to navigate a team through COVID and uh, obviously changing venues of practice and games and, you know, I think uh, when you have a leader like him and John Lynch and the organization, uh, we're going to be put in the best chances and places to win. And and I think whether you're a kicker or a quarterback, how much time you talk to your head coach or not, um, I think he he just understands that those guys are going to do this job. And he's he's honestly like one of the biggest macro managers uh, I've ever been a part of. And I think that's mm. why we have the success we've had. Wow, that's yeah, and Robert Sala on defense. I think uh, his success, he'd say the same thing. Yeah, I got to tell you, having called that game for for Fox, uh, you know, you had nine guys on the COVID list during the week. You you know, you've touched on uh, the, the the roster at one point looked like there were just forty one players. You, you you certainly the 49ers have had the most players on injured reserve more than any other team by far this year. And after going to the Super Bowl, obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he, he obviously is a terrific coach, but in this situation and going up against the division leaders at the time, the Rams, uh, I mean, it really was an, an outstanding coaching effort from him. And, and obviously he needed you to, uh, to make, to make that kick. Well, it had to be unsettling. I mean, oh, you had a nice Thanksgiving because you capped it off with, <laughs> with that game winning kick for the 49ers, but at least going into the game or during the course of the week, not only for coaches, but you just as an observer, Robbie, on this team, like who's in, who's out, who's allowed to practice. You probably weren't even sure who was going to be able to show up on Sunday for the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of adversity this year for sure. Uh, whether it be by injury or the recent COVID uh, list that you were talking about, I think, the reason that we get put in a lot of situations uh, to be successful as a team is because we've done a nice job as an organization of one, building a great team with a lot of depth, drafting really well, bringing in the right free agents um, Two, I think you're talking about a bunch of guys who um, love each other in the locker room. They play for each other. Uh, they are truly, no matter if you're the first or a practice squad guy, uh, truly happy to see guys get an opportunity. And obviously you don't want your other teammates to be on injured reserve or, or hurt, but you know, those guys are still invested in those players to help them learn the system and help them to get to game day. And then you talk about the protocols, the protocols uh, that are obviously ever changing in the national football league with COVID 
you know, it makes that a little bit more difficult on game days, but I think it comes down to how great your coaching staff is um, with making game uh, in-game changes uh, on all sides of the football. And I think there's no one really better than that than our three coordinators. And that we've been able to go out there and execute and, and put ourselves in position to win. Um, if we play really well, uh, we're going to be in every game and have a chance to win. And, you know, obviously the game comes down to turnovers and um, we have to do a better job of obviously taking care of the football. But when your defense is getting four turnovers like they did against the Rams, uh, you're going to have the ability uh, to be in a game at the end. Yeah, and reminding the listeners that as we talk with uh, with Robbie Gold of the 49ers that you're without your starting quarterback in Garoppolo, who has been injured, uh, and of course George Kittle, who's who's been uh, you know an outstanding tight end blocker. He's so much a part of of what goes on with this particular with your particular team. But well, the other element that kind of you were thrown into as as the story developed on Sunday in the county of Santa Clara, where the 49ers practice and have their home game, says, "Hey, no contact sports, or at least." within the framework of the next three weeks. So you find out uh, and, and Kyle Shanahan and everybody that, Hey, we got to, you know, there's always contingency plans, but we can't practice or, or play at home. And obviously there's a rule. If you go away, you got to quarantine, you have your families there. So what get, fill us in, I know you're going to Arizona apparently to play your home games, your next two home games. Yeah. You know, obviously it's unfortunate that uh, we found out on Saturday that uh, sports are going to be shut down, not only for pro sports, but college sports. You know, I think um, it's difficult for everybody, but I know, and we as a group and an organization understand that everyone's going through COVID, right? And uh, we play in one of the toughest counties that are trying to mitigate that risk to allow, um, you know, hospital beds and, and the spread of the virus to not uh, consume the hospitals and the frontline workers. And we're all very aware that, you know, there's a bigger picture out there than, than football. Right. Um, but we all know that football is going to continue to go on and uh, our leadership without Guido, the York family, John Lynch, Kyle, um, you know, the head of our uh, IOC, uh, Ben Peterson, our logistics department, um, they've done a great job of trying to relocate the, the, the team in 48 hours, essentially what we were given. Right. So um, they've done a great job of finding a facility that, um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, who are a divisional opponent, uh, would basically the first to reach out with. And I think uh, San Diego is another opportunity. Um, but at the end of the day, like we understand that everyone needs to pitch in and help and give a helping hand in these situations. And as players, we have to be able to adapt. Right. And that's kind of what the 2020 season has been all about, whether you're, you know, you have a case or two pop up and now you're doing virtual meetings or, um, you know, Thursdays and we had a Thursday night game, which is uh, kind of the only Thursday night game that hasn't gotten pushed with COVID cases, <laughs> um, which is interesting. Um, now that I look back on it, but, um, you know, we're walking through and doing practice um, by not even going into the facility at times. Right. So learning how to get your therapies in, learning how to still um, work out while trying to abide by county codes and the NFL protocols. Uh, you know, this is what we signed up for. And we knew that when you opted into the season that there was going to be highs and lows and challenges. And, you know, I credit our team for hitting that call on Saturday uh, rolling on the buses and walking into uh, the Los Angeles Rams new SoFi stadium, uh, ready to play football to keep us in the hunt. And we'll do the same thing while uh, our organization does um, 
a lot of the legwork to get us in the best possible position just to worry about football. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure that more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. So you have a Monday night game with the Bills that is officially a home game for your 49ers, but you'll be playing it at that stadium in, uh, in Phoenix. And then, and then you have Washington also. That's a, and uh, that's been uh, still a Sunday home game in Phoenix. And then you're on the road at Dallas on the road at the Cardinals, but you'll be, you'll be in that same stadium. And then you finish the regular season against Seattle. Now they won the earlier meeting this year. Uh, but we've seen classic showdowns from the last couple of years, especially last year when you and the 49ers were the top seed that went down to the wire again with the Seahawks. So, so Robbie, is this the most competitive division top to bottom? And I know every year it goes by and you probably, some of these may be a blur to you, but uh, at least where we are now, I mean, sizing up this division, uh, you, you know, you, you guys are at the bottom of the division with a five and six record. You're the defending champ. So how would you size it up? Well, I think over the last few years, this has by far been the most competitive uh, division in football. I mean, if you really look at other than outside, maybe a year or two of Arizona, um, you know, Arizona gives us trouble. You know, they've always have. It's always been a close game throughout the entire history of that rivalry. So, uh, you know, now that the L.A. Rams have built their team the way that they built it with Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Aaron Donald. And they go to Seattle with Russell Wilson and obviously Bobby Wagner and and their group. I mean, you know that it's going to be a dogfight. You know that every week is going to be uh, difficult. And, you know, the division's always up for grabs. Um, but at the end of the day, like, whether we're playing in Arizona or we're playing in, you know, Levi Stadium, uh, I think we as players know that you, you can play the game anywhere, anyhow, and in, and with any with anybody, truthfully, right? I mean, that's just right. kind of the nature of the National Football League. So, um, yeah, it'll be a different venue. Yeah, we have some challenges of, you know, worrying about our families and relocating them or, you know, whatever's going to happen there. But um, like I said before, I think uh, if you look at this division and kind of the schedule that we have and the schedule other people have, uh, this could come down to week 17 against Seattle. And, you know, uh, you got to win the games before that and before Seattle really matters. So our focus is on Buffalo and Washington and um, those first couple games, obviously Buffalo being the first one. Uh, the nice part is, is, you know, Buffalo and Washington have played in this stadium before. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely nuances that we can uh, look at from special teams perspective and try to mm -hmm. see if there's any, uh, keys or consistencies to what they're doing. And then obviously we'll be and have a great game plan with uh, Kyle Shanahan and, and Robert Sala. Um, you know, their little nuances of how they game plan and we'll be ready to play. I do, I do want to ask you about an onside kick. We, we saw uh, Greg Zerline for Dallas pulling off earlier in the year. Um, and uh, there are different styles, you know, the pooch kick. I know that's something. Do you, do you have a favorite? Obviously, you work on Brighty, and maybe it's the, the team you're playing. Uh, but, but is there, is, uh, how would you, do you have a favorite? Do you think that is more effective than others given your experience over the years? Um, I don't really think it, there's a favorite. I think now because you can't get the five yard head start, you have to be a little more creative and 
um, the types of kick that you use. Uh, you also have to look a little bit more at their schemes, a little more in depth. Uh, you know, before you could line up six guys on one side and four on the other side, and you know there was an advantage kind of all over the field. Now you have to go five by five. You, know, you can't leave until the ball's kicked. You're a one yard away from the ball. You know, the high hopper has really gone out of the game of football. Uh, you okay. don't see a whole lot of guys using that anymore uh, just because of the rules. Um, and then it just comes down to being creative of who can you hit on the front line or, or what guys or teams try to catch the ball um, on the front line as opposed to letting the guy behind the line catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we do a really good job of trying to scheme up that every week. And I wouldn't say that there's one kick that we we always have or use, but it goes on personnel. It goes on their scheme. And, um, you know, there's not a high success rate of that kick anymore. Um, and it really wasn't crazy large in the, in the bin to begin yeah. with anyways. Yeah. But the reality is, is that, you know, with only being a yard away from it and the health and safety rules that they're trying to implement, um, that kick has, has become pretty difficult to, to get. So you have to definitely scheme it up better. Yeah, I've seen that one where the kicker kicks it and runs. Of course, that one is in a, not in a desperate situation, maybe where they don't expect it. It's one you'd use earlier in the game as a surprise where the kicker himself you know, has to go 10 yards before the kicking team can, can touch it unless it's touched by the other team, but where the actual kicker runs up and, and grabs it. The NFL is considered not having or eliminating the onside kick or even kickoffs. Uh, what's your thought on that? Well, I don't think they should take the game – kickoffs out of the game by any means I think uh you know that's a huge part of the game I think actually the health and safety of that uh has become uh way better and way safer based on the the new rules obviously only being able to run from a yard away from the ball not having any wedges um it's become more of a punt return type of scheme with some basics of kickoff return but um you know the the onside kick has been a kick for since the start of football and when people started implementing it, that it was a kick that's always had a low percentage and a low success rate. Um, so, you know, for that kick, you know, I could definitely see the national football league trying to do something different um, to put some of their star players in a position to see one more play or to try to get the first down or, Something that I, I could see them going away from it for sure. Um, I don't think that they should, but I, obviously <laughs> I, I could see them doing that uh, just because of the success rate. I think coaches would want to have a chance uh, from fourth and 15 or whatever you want to call it to one down uh, to yeah. try and get it. Um, but I don't think they should get rid of kickoff or kickoff return because I think it's a, a, a really fun part of the game for people to watch, but I also think it's become safer. And two, uh, there, there's things in in games that if you take kickoff and kickoff return completely out of the game, you're going to change the entire perspective of how to change some of these outcomes of the game, right? So some of these players probably wouldn't be signed as kick returners or punt returners, or some players wouldn't be signed to be special teamers, right? So it would change your rosters dramatically. I think it would change uh, the perspective on how you can win and lose games and, and scheme up against certain teams. Um, and then obviously if you're playing cold weather teams, half of the year, you know, you're playing every single phase as opposed to if you're in a dome. So, um, uh, you know, I think it's the game's going to be ever evolving and it's going to be based around health and safety for sure. 
Yeah, and, and, and Robbie, you know, uh, where you kick is important. And if you can be successful in Chicago, you know, the Windy City, well, then you can be successful anywhere. And you were there for a decade. I mentioned having gone to, you know, been a part of that, that Super Bowl team. Do uh, you have a favorite kick from your Chicago days or a memory that, that stands out and uh, that comes to mind? Uh, you know, I think the biggest part for me is I haven't really tried to look back and reminisce a lot. I know that when we went to the Super Bowl last year um, with the 49ers, uh, you know, I have three boys. I'm married. Uh, I had 13 years between Super Bowls. My first Super Bowl, I went down with my brother and my sister, my mom and dad, my <laughs> grandmother. You know, like just the perspective of that has kind of changed for me. Um, you know, I, we've been lucky because my brother's a special teams coordinator in the National Football League for the Denver Broncos. He's one of the assistants. And um, he by the way, won. he might—not to interrupt, but he must have had a heck of a week just with that team and the quarterbacks <laughs> yeah, going was, up against the Saints. Where, yeah, I'm sure you texted about that. Definitely interesting. Uh, he, he called me on Saturday to catch up, like we normally do, and um, usually he'll call me on Monday nights after the game. We kind of just go through what they went through, or you know how the game went, or you know the, they played the Saints, which was a common opponent, so we had touched base a little bit earlier about things we had game plan for or saw on film that maybe they could use to help him out. Um, but he won a Super Bowl in his first year with Peyton Manning in, in Denver in the National <laughs> Football League. So, you know, it's kind of unique that uh, two brothers in totally different positions. He's a coach. I was a player. Um, so in 16 years in the National Football League, our family's been to the Super Bowl three times and we've won one. Um, but hopefully in the near future, the next couple of years, if not this year, we can win a Super Bowl here in 49ers and I can catch them because that's one thing I don't have on them. That's for sure. Still competing with your brother and your kids will be able to, to see it firsthand. Uh, did you think, and I know it's a, it's an ever changing business because you actually were originally with the Patriots briefly and then Baltimore before they even put you in Chicago. And then you were uh, a mainstay there. Did you, did you think you'd stay in Chicago? Was that kind of an uncomfortable ending the way it went? Cause I know there was a year with the giants in between and then, and then you settled in with the Niners. Well, I, I would start in new England first. I mean, I, the respect I have for Bill Belichick and the New England organization of what they've been able to accomplish consistently time and time again every year um, is pretty remarkable. Uh, to be in that building and to learn situational football and the details and the understanding of what it takes to win a Super Bowl was eye-opening for me coming out of college as a, as a rookie, right, walking into their building. Um, then you, you get an opportunity to be – next to Adam Vinatieri, the greatest kicker in NFL history, and Josh Miller and, and Lonnie Paxton and Brad Seeley, who's one of the best special teams coordinators of all time, right? I mean, those guys changed me from a three-step to a two-step, um, which my trajectory and, and success uh, obviously was a lot, had a lot to do with that. Um, you know, then I go to Baltimore. Uh, I was there with those guys for a couple weeks. I learned a lot when I was on the practice squad there. You know, I get to Chicago, I play 11 years, become the all-time leading scorer, field goal guy, I mean, you name it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And everyone's going to make decisions. Um, they thought that they were uh, going to head in a different direction to, to make an upgrade and, and obviously save some money. Um, and that was their prerogative. You know, would I have loved to have stayed there and finished my career with one place? Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I'm very grateful for the Giants having the opportunity to go play in the playoffs there now going to a Super Bowl with San Francisco and learning uh, the business of football from a bunch of different locker rooms. Right. And 
Um, I think that gives me great perspective uh, to eventually maybe help out a program uh, in some capacity, uh, whether it be consulting or um, coaching or an executive level. Uh, but I think I never would have had the ability to be as well-rounded uh, and learning from all these places and cities and states and organizations if I didn't get those opportunities. So I think everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, every, every kick, every game, every organization is a part of my journey. And uh, you learn to go on and help teams win and make kicks. And that's your job. And no matter what team you're playing for, that's what you want to do. And uh, hopefully I can do a lot of that down the stretch here to help our team win. Yeah, to think you could have been a professional soccer player, which is another because you were quite a yeah quite an athlete, and I know in, uh, through high school in Pennsylvania, and of course you went on to Penn State. If you didn't play professional sports or you weren't in the athletic world, Robbie, what what do you think you'd en- have ended up doing as a career? Well, you know, it's funny. I grew up um, obviously my dad was a professional soccer player, so I thought I'd be a professional soccer player. And then as I went to Penn State and I got my business degree, um, you know, I've always wanted to run my own business and. You know, over the last couple of years, um, you know, I've been very involved in charity work and, and running my own events for my own organization. And I just found that uh, there was a space there online for, you know, management of events and software that wasn't available. So mm-hmm. I had actually I've actually started my own company um, called Eventlify. And uh, we are an event management software system that allows you to uh have a website, registration, collect credit card payments uh, to make and streamline these events a lot easier than doing it by Microsoft Excel, sending out emails with PDFs. And, you know, so it's been a lot of fun to watch um, our organization grow over the last three years, but it's also been fun to watch nonprofits and other businesses, uh, whether it's by a golf event, whether it's by a gala, whether it's by online donations or um, online auction bidding, mobile bidding. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able, to, especially during this time in the coronavirus starting in March, uh, to give people and organizations a flexibility of raising money. Um, and the nice part is I've always enjoyed being in the community. So for me, this is a great way to meet new people uh, through organizations that have great causes. And um, it's been a lot of fun to help them and it's been rewarding, too, because the amount of money that these organizations are, are raising through our platform has been awesome to see the impact they're making in their communities. Well, that's a great uh, what a great idea. You were ahead of the game on that with this virtual <laughs> world. We're in. So good for that. I know you're a golfer. I know you're, you're working I love now. The golf. Oh, but yeah. when you do go, what's the best round you ever shot? What's the best? What's the best uh, three round? under, you know, three it's, under. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think golf is such a cool sport because it gives you this individual goal to reach every single time you go out and play and there's good and there's bad shots and you have to recover. And a lot of that goes into kicking, um, yeah. playing the yeah, win, yeah. playing the breaks, you know? So uh, for me, it's been a lot of fun to go out and play and get away from football, but I also think it's such a great sport to be able to play. Uh, you can play it at any age. Right. And if you look yeah. at golf as like a whole, um, you know, there's tees that are set up for kids and families nowadays that kids can start when they're young, actually playing the sport as opposed to just going the driving range. So it's been fun to put my kids in the golf cart and go out and play around. Uh, my kids used to only, la- they used to only last probably five holes. <laughs> Dad, can we go home or can I get a lemonade? Um, but now it's unique because I'm like, all right, we're going to go home after nine. And they're like screaming and yelling, like, dad, there's no way we're leaving. <laughs> 
So, you know, to be able to go out and spend some time with my kids and, and let them drive the golf cart and, and play it and have fun competing at these pro-ams and helping charities raise money and, you know, being around some of my friends um, to help them and their charities. It's just a, such a fun sport and it's awesome to watch people um, come together for, for great causes. Yeah, that's great. And, and I can see where the the connection mentally, too, with it's, it's kind of you against the world on a golf course, same way sometimes when you're lining up for that field goal. Before we let you go, wrapping up here, uh, you know, you're what, late 30s. We've talked about you're taking care of yourself physically. We got quarterbacks playing in their 40s. We know you can deliver in the clutch. I mean, it could, <laughs> would you, we've seen kickers push it in the late 40s. I mean, how, how long do you want to play? Can you, be, can you kick it 50? Is that on your mind, on your radar? You know what? I haven't really put a, a time to it yet. Um, I think a lot of it now that I'm a father uh, and I've been away from my family now really for four years. I've lived in a hotel in Santa Clara. Uh, I've been away from my kids um, for a good portion of their childhood. Um, you know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, when they need a dad to be at home. And, um, you know, I've really, you know, I, it's been fun for me uh, to play football. There's no doubt about it. I think it's been a fun career in a lot of different ways. And, guys I've played with and I've played with Hall of Famers. I've played with some of the most unique college talent that ever come out to play and come to the NFL who are friends of mine too. So, I mean, I think it's um, definitely a rewarding sport and I'm playing at a high level. Um, so, you know, when I feel like physically I can't do it or uh, my kids, you know, need me to come home and coach them in sports or, you know, be a part of dropping them off at school and, you know, to me, th that means a lot. Right. And, you know, I, yeah. I'll make that decision kind of when I feel like, Hey, this is a, this is pretty, it's a bad time for me. Um, and my kids need me more than ever. Um, but I've also had a great wife who's been very supportive, who's run our family and, and done an amazing job of that. And, um, I have three awesome, amazing, sweet kids. And, um, you know, at some point dad's got to be around to, to help mom out and, um, we'll see, uh, you know, this game usually chews you out and spits you out before you get the opportunity <laughs> to say goodbye. So, you know, you could sit here one day, have a plan. And then the next day that plan totally is different. So for me, I think playing in the moment has been a big part for me the last couple of years. I think I learned a lot from getting cut in Chicago about playing in the moment, um, and just enjoying each and every opportunity that you get. And I think, you know, the hard part is, is when you get in the game, you're just trying to stay in. Right. And right. I think when you actually start playing, you're in double digits. Now you're like, oh, man, like, OK, I'm in double digits. Like, I don't know how much I've really enjoyed the last 10 years. Right. Because you're always trying to keep the fight, save your job and be on the team. You know, you forget about the little things in the locker room and, and traveling. And um, so as an older guy, pretty much being a dad to these guys, I mean, you know, I'm walking in a locker room where. You know, I say my birthday now when we go get our our <laughs> our COVID testing. 1982 is my birthday, and I hear a guy born in the 2000s, and they're like, "Hey, I watched you when I was five years old." I'm like, yeah. "All right, now I'm old." Now, great, um, yes. But me. you know, I don't think I can put a, a date saying I'm gonna play three more years, or four more years, or ten more years. Um, I think you just kind of know when when your time is up and when you're ready, and uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that decision.
Yeah, well, you keep making kicks like you did Sunday. I I, I think uh, you'll be wanted in a lot of places. But it's nice to hear the you know the human element side of this, the reflection in in your world, in your life, not just out on the on the football field. Because I know these decisions, however they happen, uh, are never easy. But I always enjoy. You're always great when I'm reporting on the field, in the playoffs, or in the booth. Always great to talk to when we can. Uh, these are different times, uh, and so it's nice we were able to connect this way. But I wish you a lot of luck. Look forward to seeing you down the road. I'm sure I'll see you before the season runs out. And uh, you take care, you and the family. Keep up the good work. We appreciate it. Thanks, you too. And it's always great talking to a great friend. I appreciate you. You got it. Robbie Gold. And we thank him for being on CMI, the Chris Myers interview here on Podcast One. And we thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live, building ideas on the same page, and see more of your team on the screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.